You've got a passion for the outdoors, a desire to feel the warm sun on your face, the sound of your fly line whipping through the air, the pop of the water as the fish inhales the fly you just found in the floorboard of your truck. You need to feel the cool waters on your feet, the crisp north breeze of a November morning, the sound of a turkey gobble, the December rut, the chills of an elk bugle in September. It's the longing passion to chase your obsession. This is what we share. This is what we preach. Welcome to Honey Hole Hangout. All right, boys. Welcome to the Hangout. We got a good show for you today. That's right. Hashtag Zach's episode. (laughs) (laughs) Producer on this one. (laughs) Zach is running the notes and running the board. Exactly. I don't know how we, uh, Zach got a promotion. I I normally run the notes and he runs the board. I can't even run the board. (laughs) Hey, man, there's nothing I can't do. (laughs) (laughs) So, how are you guys doing today? (sighs) This feels weird. Why? Because a little double dip? Yeah, just you're asking the questions. Oh, I ask yeah. the questions. Yeah, that's true. I ask the questions. That's true. Okay. Well, so <laughs> here, here, I'll uh, I'll introduce everybody in the yeah. correct order, though. So uh, to my right, I got Land uh, Landon. <laughs> <What's> <laughs> I am. And to Zach. your to your other right, <laughs> <laughs> if you keep going around the table, you'll hit gay. Hey. What's up? We need an air horn. Wah, 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 yeah. wah. <laughs> we can get a sound. We can get a wah, wah, board wah, wah, sound. Wah. Was it foghorn? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know. Leghorn. We do need. We need. I'll say. I'll say. I'll say. I'll say. I think that's part part of the the Dirty Dozen, uh, the cartoons nowadays. You seen seen the list of the Dirty Dozen? Wait, Farquhar Lakehorn's on the Dirty Dozen? (sighs) One of one of the episodes, I think it was. Oh yeah, yeah. Pepe Le Pew for sure. What was that one uh, song of the South? Probably that's the one we don't. You can't even find anymore. Yeah, it's like yeah. Real bad. You know what else is real bad? What? The TCU game. Oh. <laughs> the Natty. Man. It started great, and then no, and then the game started. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but like, in the first few minutes, it was like touchdown one side, touchdown the other side. Well, it was touchdown fumble, field goal, touchdown the other side. Yeah. So it was like, oh, this is going to be like a back and forth game. And then no, they never scored again. All I know is, as a formal former NCAA athlete, uh-huh. uh, you have you usually make you sign stuff that says you're not going to do drugs or smoke or anything like that. And now, now it just seems like it's it's normal that once they win, <laughs> there's the, there's the winning quarterback smoking a stogie. You That's know. part of it. Now it is. I feel like that was with uh, Joe, Burrow Joe, Burrow. Yeah, Joe Burrow. Burrow brought it back. Yeah, dude. Burrow brought it back. It used to be an old school thing. They were talking about. Hearing somebody talk about it, it used to be a big thing. Like, nat- win a championship, have a cigar, and then it kind of died out in college football. And then Joe Burrow brought it back, and now yeah. it's a thing to do. I mean, I feel like even like old school football, those guys would drink and smoke like right on halftime. Sidelines. At halftime, yeah. yeah, you know. Did you see Georgia was eating chicken wings before the game was even over? No, that's nuts. Yeah, that sounds nice though. What do you mean that sounds nice? Yeah, just sitting on the side of a, uh, watching a game, you know, you're gonna you're win, done. eating some chicken wings, you know. Or it could come back. It could be a, a rally or a, a war cry in the future. Yeah. You know. You know remember the chicken wings. Exactly. You know. Yeah. But then they'll say, well, we got your frog legs. You know. So it's a little back and forth banter. I already wrote it for him. I mean, yeah. I, it was one of those games where I was still watching it, even though they were still throwing bombs and, and making touchdowns. It's like a car ca- car crash. You can't look away. Oh, did you? I I got super bored. I mean, probably, so I by the, probably about the start. 
like halfway through the third, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, we're we're done. I stopped at halftime, and then I watched the last two minutes to say I saw the beginning and the end. Okay. And there you go. You know, it was what it was. So the big argument that's coming out of this is: Should TCU have been picked in the Final Four? I would say yes, because they beat an undefeated Michigan. No, but but before that, right, right. So, but everybody, nobody who was left out had a lossless season. Everybody had at least one loss. And you could argue TCU's came in the what? They it was in the Big 12 championship. Yeah, they lost to K-State. Right? I don't know. I don't It could have gone either way. It could have. Yeah. You know, I really I guess the big argument is Bama. Everyone's making the argument of Bama. Bama and had two losses, right? Their losses were Tennessee and LSU. Right. And but at the same time though, I don't care, right? Like I go to I think when we have so many schools, you have to look at record first. Obviously, if you are what twelve and zero, right? Yeah. yeah. If you're twelve and zero, that is your pedigree. Right? That that is what gets you in. That's your resume, right? But at the next point, then we go. All right, who was eleven and one? You know, and then you rank. And the if best you have multiple eleven and one teams, then I say you take who had the hardest schedule. Right. Yada yada yada. Exactly. And then once you have. Past all of your eleven and one teams, then you go to your ten and two, right? Yep. But I don't think a two loss team should get in above a one loss team, even if they are stronger. Because the don't. argument that some guys are making is that well, recruits win championships, and Bama has the best recruits, and so they should have been in the Final Four over. Then why did they lose twice this season to teams that were clearly beat? I don't disagree with you. I'm just playing. Yeah, but there's advocate. been teams in the past that were undefeated. I think UAB was might have been one. And UTSA, what? Two? No, they lost. Yeah, they lost. But but the in the past, like UAB was, I felt like was on that line where they had an amazing season. But they're like, no, your strength of schedule wasn't enough to even consider you in the top fifteen. I think you got to be. I think you got to be Power Five. Yeah, I think you had to be in a Power Five. And conference. not on Hawaii. You know? And not on Hawaii. Yeah. Because yeah. Hawaii had that undefeated season a couple years ago. Yeah. Mm. But, again, it's Hawaii. No, it makes it interesting. It's definitely I – don't. I mean, I've no. seen – I've seen. I think people have short memories because no one expected well, sure. TCU to beat Michigan. And so they're like – it was unbelievable that they beat Michigan, but then they get smoked in the national championship. And everyone's like, oh, TCU shouldn't have been there in the first place. Well, no, they proved they should have been there. They outplayed Michigan the whole game. Right. Yeah. And the team that played against Michigan did not show up to the national championship. No, not at all. I feel like that they were scared, and they did not live up to the moment. Yeah, yeah once you get I, down and by I a team like that quick, it's well, you're it's kind of it's done. not even that. TCU's played down all season. Like Baylor, they came out against Baylor on the skin of their teeth. They found right. a way to claw back. TCU against has Texas, same thing. You know? Against against in big games, TCU's big down and they clawed back. But even from like the be- you could tell they came out. Opening play was a penalty, and I'm like, that's nerves. We got to yeah. get that crap out of our system. Then it was a three and out. No, there was a fumble. No, you're right. It was three. And First three and possession out. was three and out. Yep. Second possession was fumble. Then it was a three and out. I'm like, oh, these guys are nervous. You know, whatever. Okay, they'll kind of like that'll. That was the first possession. They'll get that out, and then. You know, they had a fumble, and then they scored, and you feel like, okay, they found their groove. Right, this is going to be a game. Yeah, they found their groove. You know, the nerves are out of the system. We're good to go. And then they just got completely shut down. Yeah. It's like they – it felt like they weren't even trying. It really did. And and I don't know what happened. Like, did the coaches not prepare them for the moment? Um, 
Now, granted, Georgia also probably felt like that they barely got out of Ohio State by the skin of their teeth, and they probably should have put a pretty good whooping on Ohio State. Um, so maybe Georgia had a chip on their shoulder, but that TCU that showed up for the national championship was not the TCU we've seen in any other game all season. Not at all. No, being held to seven points and letting the opponent score 65, that's just... They just weren't... It's like they they didn't... L- they didn't live up to the moment. Not at all. In Michigan, they did, which was the, what was it, the Fiesta Bowl? Against Michigan? Yep, it was in, yeah, Arizona. The, the Fiesta Bowl. And it's like, man, they lived up to the moment, so that's not going to be a problem for the Natty. And then yeah, the Natty came do, around. Do you think, like, even in watching that game, because I remember watching that game, and they won it, going like, wow. Like, I wasn't expecting that. No, not at all. You know, that's kind of how I felt when, I, when it was done. I was no, like, man, that's, no. this is awesome, but I didn't expect that to happen. No, I think a lot of people just tell you, like, oh, TSU didn't deserve to be there, even before that game, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't, I'm not saying that I didn't, don't think they didn't deserve to be there. I'm just saying, like. You didn't expect it. Didn't expect it. Right. But when they won, like, okay, well, they're there. Let's see what happens. Right. But, yeah, there's a multitude of things that could have happened. And I know there's this one soundbite uh, from um, from the Alabama coach, uh, whatever. Nick Saban. Nick Saban. Talking about. You know, someone was asking him about a loss they had or, or playing playing teams that maybe they should have won by more. And he, he pointed out a specific game where it's like it didn't matter what we did. The other team, we couldn't stop their tackles. We couldn't we couldn't tackle them. We couldn't we couldn't make a play. It was just you play enough games, you're going to see a bunch of weird stuff right. happen. And and that just happened to be one of the games. I forgot who it was that they were playing, but. You know, he he says like we couldn't do tackles, we couldn't we couldn't run the ball, we couldn't do on on a team that they should have just been blowing out. So no telling what happened that day. Yeah, yeah, no, I I mean I completely agree. Uh, I that being said, I think TCU deserved to be there. They yeah. obviously earned it, and it's going to be a conversation for the next five years as well. well that's what with, I with feel team. like it hurt. How badly they got beat, unfortunately, hurt mid major schools. Because, oh, yeah, because now, the next time they think about it. Because the next time, let's say, I mean, obviously I could go throw Tech out there, but let's like say Michigan State or, uh, you know, University of Central Florida, other like mid-major schools that might have like the occasional good year, but or like maybe have the occasional exceptional year, but they're not the Ohio State, the Michigan, the Bama, the Georgia, the USC. The, That's been a normal the thing Penn for State, the last decade. The Notre Dame. The teams that always get the best recruits and are consistently 9, 10, 11 mm-hmm. win teams. When those, because TCU got smoked next year, when one of those teams goes undefeated or has one loss, the conversation is going to be well, remember how bad TCU got beat in the national championship. So because of that, we shouldn't let this school in. And I don't want that to happen because honestly, I was more interested in this four-team playoff than I have ever been, and none of my schools were there because TCU was in it. Right. It made it more fun because it was like, okay, it's not the same four that I guess you beat up on each other again. I could care less if Alabama or Georgia wins another national championship. Yeah, me too. Honestly. Or Ohio State. Like, I, I like Ohio State. I live in Ohio. It's like a second or third favorite team for me. But honestly, it doesn't it – doesn't, get me excited what gets me excited is seeing a tcu or a baylor okay so with that with that being said another team are you going to be following colorado this year or next year 
Oh, because of uh, Deion, Deion Sanders. Prime time Colorado. Did you guys right. see? Have you guys seen the documentary? No. Okay, so I want to say it's on Amazon. Uh, I haven't either, but I saw a snippet, and and in this snippet uh, of it, um, it was on Facebook or something. They showed he's talking to the team, and he's and he's bringing up a story of like, hey, you know, if a family member does you wrong, do you give him a second chance or whatever? Let's put it up to vote. And he goes, if we should give him a second chance, he's st- everyone stand up who thinks they should get a second chance. A couple of guys stand up. Um, maybe about twenty five percent of the guys football team that's in the in the room. And he goes, if I we shouldn't give him another chance, go ahead and stand up. And pretty much everyone else stands up. Right now, it, the guys didn't know necessarily who he was talking about, but he was talking about a player in that room. Uh-huh. And he turns and looks at that player and he said, "There's your vote. Pack your stuff." What? Yeah. You're 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 done. Dang! Wow. And and the players are kind of like, well, shit. You know, didn't know like, I was doing that. What? Yeah, didn't know I was doing that. But it, I think somewhere someone had mentioned in the in the, uh, in the notes or in the comments that I think somewhere around season four he does that. But uh-huh. man, to bring cameras in, yeah, to do that, and then to do that. Oh, it's about his uh, Jackson State mm-hmm. teams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I knew they were running a show. I'd never seen it, but uh, you know, prime time being hired to Colorado is interesting. Uh, he's getting a lot of recruits. He's I think. A lot of recruits, yeah. And look, I don't know that much about his coaching. I have seen a lot of clips of him coaching. I think what he's doing is unique. I think he's a players coach, and the players that play he's for him really love like him. Right. The criticism I've heard, and I don't know if it's true or not, because I never watched him coach. Um, and obviously Jackson State is a uh, not a Division One school, but the criticism I've heard of primetime is the X's and O's. And so uh, I think what people are saying is he's going to have to hire really good offensive-defensive coordinators, really good coaching staff, because if he can bring what he has to the players' side and how much the players love him and how good he's going to be at recruiting and bringing the talent in, if they can get the X's and O's around that, then they're going to be – a pretty dang yeah. good I team. I saw a funny now, and I don't yeah. know if that's true or not. That's just what well, I've we'll, heard we'll this talking heads say. I mean, he's he's br- he's bringing in a lot of guys. He's bringing guys guys from Jackson over. Obviously, yeah. bringing his son as the quarterback. But but you're right. The, the name you got the name recognition now. You're coming off the good. It'll good be season. interesting to see if his Very. son is good. Very good. Yeah, keep playing. Yeah, at that level. yeah. At that level, but there was a funny meme I saw that said um, that said even the the. The Jackson State band have entered the transfer portal <laughs> to, <laughs> to come over. Like, dang, man! I mean, nice. it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch, but um, you know, I, I don't think they're gonna make a big imprint that first year. But year two and maybe three are gonna be very interesting to see what happens, and especially in a time where you know players are able to get money off their likeness. You know, even more so stuff like this is it's going to be it's a benefit for yeah. them to, to jump over. Yeah, well, and that's an interesting thing because I was reading an article that said that uh, Colorado hadn't even pulled all the money that they were going to pay him in his contract. Well, but oh, Jackson, but yeah. Jackson hadn't even paid certain things um, to him. Well, apparently was Jackson was staying uh, hemorrhaging money, and people were taking money from the program. And possibly, yeah. But I know there was several call-outs in, in, in interviews on when he was leaving. One thing I don't like is the criticism that he received that he should stay at Jackson State. No, I don't think so. I think he's moving for, up. For historical black colleges, for the sake, because he's black, he needs to stay at, a, at an HBCU? Yeah, the, the argument being he's done such a good thing there. Why would he leave 
the program and leave the school and, and he's, all that. he's answered that though. He's answered in the sense that I was promised all this stuff. I was promised certain ticket sales, well, certain and, things, and, and I didn't even, get anything. And even that, I don't even think that. I think if you're really good at what you do, you should seek to promote and move up and do that. And I don't, I don't think it should be a criticism that he decides to leave. Any other coach, any other player can leave for whatever reason they want. Um, why can't he? Why yeah. can't he? Yeah. And nobody bats an eye when somebody else makes that decision. Yeah. And so with him bringing his son, too, then you're, you're trying to figure out, well, is the ultimate motive to get his son into the NFL, and at what point is he going to stay afterward? You know, so. Well, I mean, I don't think that he has that kind of pull. Even, like, a you know, the best coach in the world can't pull. Or their well, LeBron's the trying to get Bronny into – you know, the pros. Well, I think it, I think Bron LeBron's pool is different than a college coach. LeBron's pool's different. Let's yeah. be honest. I mean, realistically, and also Bronny's pretty. From what I understand, Bronny's pretty good. <laughs> right. I mean, it's a little. It doesn't seem like a uh, what, Lamelo Ball situation. All three of them were good. That middle brother was the one who wasn't as great. Right. He's the it one. Wasn't who as great. Play. They all did well over there. But with basketball, I feel like there's. They play so many games that you know you you there's there's levels where there's probably a lot of talent that never got a chance. Hey, there's a lot of talent that never got a chance. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of t- there's a lot of talent that was there and got injured or something come up where they weren't there. Oh yeah, right. I don't, I but the nepotism aspect, right? You know, it's like could Bronny come and play? Probably. I don't doubt that he can't right. come in. But is he is the person that he's taken someone's place that? Uh, ultimately kind of deserves it, and you probably couldn't tell the difference in playing ability. I don't, we'll never know. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, well, that's probably they're, true. Some, a team will probably take a risk on him yeah. a little bit more than they 100%. would. 100%. There's a lot of – they're going to get ticket sales. They they're are. going to get marketing. They're going. There's a lot of benefits to take a guy like Bronny that isn't just the X's and O's of basketball, right. and teams take that into consideration versus a guy that maybe doesn't have that. Um there's and a reason why Tim Tebow played as long as he did. Or Johnny Manziel. Right. Who's not going to play for the San Antonio Mavericks or whatever? No, don't tell me Manziel's going to play for the Brahmas. I thought so, maybe. Oh, oh, bring dude, it on. Let's that's go. That's the worst. <laughs> it's already like a lower level football yeah, who, anyway. Who cares? Yeah, but I don't want Manziel. I want to go see here. a trashy game. I want to oh, bring the XFL too. back, the old yeah. XFL. I he hate me. I just don't want to love those guys. He hate me. Yeah, their jersey name. Yeah. hate me. So, welcome to the Honey Hole Sports Podcast, where hey. we bring you the greatest sports takes on By planet Earth. people who only fly fish in their yeah. free time. Uh. <laughs> so, since we're on sports, uh, what what about the uh, NBA, in, NBA argument that's going on right now that the best uh, players are no longer Americans? Because the two best players in the league are uh, Luca. Luca. And uh, uh, Colorado been, guy. That's been going on for a while, I uh, thought. Uh, Borzik. Uh, why am I blanking on his name? He's from, he plays in Colorado, right? Uh, yeah, oh. but you could you could have uh, Porzingis. 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 Yeah, it's not Porzingis. Yeah, yeah, but I thought that was going on for the last like it, at least like when Argentina won the the national or the oh that Olympic was a, that was a fluke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a fluke. Uh, Jokic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jokic yeah. plays for the Nuggets. Yeah, yeah, I had the team right. And uh, Giannis, the three best players, Giannis, Jokic, and uh, Luka currently. Yeah. So the best players right now aren't Americans in yeah. the NBA. Okay. I'm cool with that. 
It's a, it's a honest, world sport now. Yeah, it's a, exactly. We have so many people watching, and we could think like Jordan and LeBron for yeah. that sort of thing. I mean, chi- China has a huge basketball uh, following. Even I mean, the European the league, league is growing. Yeah, yeah. Is, is growing. You know. Yeah. I mean, I think it's exciting. Even I, North Korea's got a basketball team. I mean, like, and to be honest, like being in America, we get the benefit of seeing these players the most. Yeah. You know, uh, but it's cool that we get to see the the best talent. You know, the best talent in our area, you know, yeah. and um, so that's cool. So you had an NFL question, Zach. I did, yeah. Who do you guys Since think is going to win the Super Bowl? Because we're just starting playoffs, right? Literally, the set, the table set. Um, Who are the top seeds? Give me the top four so, seeds. So uh, Philly and Chiefs won the bye. And then after that, I just had it pulled up. The um, Eagles. Yep, so the Eagles and the Chiefs. Um, and because we have Ben recently on, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. <laughs> uh, America's, America's team, America's baby. team. America's team's got to win. Uh, the Cow- Cowboys play the Bucks, I believe. Yeah, they play the Bucks. Uh, I think. K- oh, KC. they should beat the Bucks. Yeah, that's what you would think. Yeah, they, they got but Brady though. We're great at being disappointed, uh, dude. I would love for the Bucks just to lose. I don't have to worry about Brady. Uh, yeah, but I, I can't imagine Brady's Brady got to come back season. Second. You One more so? comeback season. Let's go. Dude, comeback season. I don't know. I guess he's got to. He's got to make his divorce worth it. Right? Yeah, he's got. He's got to pay for that divorce. Um, no, I, I think KC is going to make a run. Uh, they they've done me well in my fantasy football league, so I'm going to go with KC. I'm going to say it's going to be the Bills or Kansas City. Really, Bills is a good pick. I don't that that's a that is a good pick. And uh, they have the whole Bills incident that happened. I think is a huge motivation with Demar for Hamlin. The, yeah, or for their team. Wait, Damon Hamlin. Yes, yeah. is a huge motivation for their team. Yeah. Um, and they have a lot of support right now because of that. And I think, uh, look at the Bills one. I wouldn't be disappointed. I wouldn't either. I mean, like realistically, my I top w- two teams are Chiefs and then Forty ers And so after that, I'm like, Bills would be cool. I would also be fine seeing the Bengals win because I like Joe Burrow. Mm. I do like Joe Burrow. Um, yeah. I do not want the Eagles to win. Like, let's just throw this out there. The Eagles win, I would not be happy. You don't like Jalen Hurts? I don't like a conference rival. I don't like the Eagles. I had a boss that was uh, – Jeff, if you're listening to this, what's up, man? Uh, <laughs> I know you're not, but I had an Eagles fan that I argued with every day when I was working in high school. Uh-huh. He's a hardcore Eagles fan. He just made me hate them. Uh, so thanks, Jeff, and I will never root for your stupid team ever again. <laughs> so top four seeds, uh, Casey and Buffalo, and then Philly and San Francisco. Yeah, I'm saying uh, either Buffalo or the Chiefs. Are going to win it? And I say that's going to be the Super Bowl because they, they have to play in the AFC Championship. Yeah. Right, AFC? Yeah. Who does? They would have to – the Bills and the Chiefs would have to play in the AFC Championship. Uh, Buffalo – yep, Buffalo and the Chiefs would have to play in the Championship. That would be the Super Bowl. Like that would be the game to watch. That would be the Super Bowl game. Yep. Whoever wins that game is winning the Super Bowl. You think know. so? You heard it here first. Heard it here first. Dang. If it's not the Chiefs, then I'm going to say San Francisco is going to win. Oh, man, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They, they, they have a good year. They just don't have that – pop come on man rookie quarterback like third string carrying the team the last 10 games yeah we saw that with tcu and the natty already i don't yeah yeah Yeah, did he die but the 49ers have also been pretty decent the last like handful yeah but that's the thing i think that's the main thing now is the fact that that stuff happened 
with Buffalo. Like that is like it, it. It's like writing itself. I do see that that being the. It's the best sports story. Yeah. 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 I get that. Especially with all the donations his charity got now that he and he's doing well again. Yeah, it's and like it's the best yeah. way. Best and and the Illuminati of the NFL will make the rest will pull some strings. Yeah, right. it's it's a foregone conclusion. Now, now yeah. do you think that affects the way that um, the Bengals are going to play? Like, do you think the opposite is true for them? You know, the Buffalo has this momentum; they have something to play for, whereas the Bengals now maybe have this kind of uh, shadow, you know, yeah, like maybe. over them, for lack of a better word. Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't know. know, but I don't think anybody hates the Bengals. I don't think so either. They, I, like they I said, handled I like the Joe situation Burrow. with grace and respect Her. 100%. I, want, I totally agree. They, I'm just seeing, you know, I mean, they're not pushing like trainers around like the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they did not make it, the Packers. Now, I have a student who, like, loves the Lions, and so a little part of me was hoping that they would make it just so, like, he would be happy, you know? But... No, Seahawks had a win. But I'm so glad the Packers didn't make it. Yep. All right, Zach, what do we got next? The next thing we're going to talk about is, uh, let's talk about the bourbon we're drinking. Yeah, what are we drinking? Uh, we are I drinking. don't know. I haven't even tried it yet. I'm we still have got my tonight Jefferson's Reserve. Yeah. Not owed, not to be confused with Jefferson's Ocean, which no. we tried on a other podcast yeah. that sailed around the world. Yeah. Yep. This one, unfortunately, just sat in a barrel in some warehouse. Boring. Boring. Now Go is ahead, this Gabe. the same? Is, is this the same company? Uh, mm, no, yes. I don't. Is it? Yes, is same it? bottle shape. Yeah, it's well, the same. Same, it's <laughs> same bottle shape. It's the same thing. You know, it's oh, in yeah. glass. Yeah, yeah. So. Sorry, it is. Uh, Jefferson. It is. So they do Jefferson's Reserve, Jefferson's Ocean Agency, Jefferson's uh, Pritchard Hill Cabernet Cast Finish, Jefferson's Chefs Collaboration, and Jefferson's Barrel Finished Manhattan. Ooh. Um, but we are drinking tonight is the Jefferson Reserve Very Old uh, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Uh, very small batch. I w- How is it very old? I don't know, man. Like, I, is it old enough to drink? Look, at 90 proof and for a price tag of probably around 55 to 60 bucks, mm-hmm. I think. I can't imagine this is more than, I don't know, seven years. Yeah. Um, it's coming in at 90 proof, 92. 90.2 proof. I would say it's a little hot for 90, but I mean, it's not undrinkable or it's not bad by any means. What I don't did you have for dinner? Because you didn't have the Burger King that I had. I had venison tacos. Okay. and But were you, were you snacking on anything prior to that? Uh, yeah, uh, Burger King uh, chicken fries. Okay. Those are just regular chicken fries. You need ketchup. Uh, that spicy ketchup? I'm uh, trying to uh, get ketchup. Barbecue sauce. Barbecue Is sauce. it ketchup or ketchup? What under the two? Don't cats up. It de- yeah, cats it depends. Up. It depends. Cat soup. Ooh. Well, but if you if you go to the That's local taquerias, the, the the cheap the cheap knockoff yeah, packets. Yeah. Um. But what I'm trying to get at is I didn't know if it's something that jacked up your your taste buds. Oh, I see. I see you're saying. Um. No, and I don't mean that by any means. I mean, I obviously like it's not, not that hot. You yeah. know, it's just like I've had fifty other fifty dollar bottles that are you could say smoother. But this one has a fantastic flavor as well. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's that fruityish it's type fruity, finish. But I'm also getting a little caramel too. Yeah, yeah, a little vanilla yeah. caramel. Yeah, it's it's a definitely a little bit softer on the palate than some of the other ones we've mm-hmm. had um, that have been like really fruit forward. Where this yes. is more like that kind of caramel and yeah, it's uh, I don't know how you describe that clump, but you normally it's like 
the vanilla, the caramely, the um, yeah, you get the tannic taste, but it's it's a it's a sweeter finish. Yeah, this isn't a rye. Uh, pretty sure it's not, um, but it's good stuff though. It's nice. It's not. It's it's not bad. Again, I wouldn't I wouldn't turn my my head at it. I I I'm trying to remember the at sea one. What the difference was? I think they're just. Still, I mean, the sea thing is just you know whatever marketing, but yeah. I'm I'm interested in in the uh, the other cast finished ones that they that they have. Yeah, I'm interested in the cab. Yeah, that cab, cab one that sounds one. pretty cool. It does. I I like a a bourbon fin and a finish in a wine barrel. Yeah, and this is an easy bottle to find. You can find this pretty much anywhere. Yeah. on the shelf. And the ocean one, uh, you same. Can, you can find it almost everywhere. Yeah, and I think they're pretty much spot on around sixty, sixty-five bucks. I don't think they're more than seventy. The ocean one was consistently going up until I, th- I think I saw as high as like ninety-five at one point. What? Yeah, at a mom and pop, probably. No, and uh, not at a mom and pop. At like Specs or Total Wine, I feel like. And now, okay, it might have been. I don't. I don't think there was anything special. I about can't it. imagine it would have been that expensive. I don't know why. Unless the one I know, I know Jefferson's does have. I feel like they do have one that's that's like a, a real. You don't see it very often, and what is on it. And that could have been. It could have been like a Jefferson's Ocean special. Yeah, there's know. like a very old old one. I think yeah. that's like, and a, that might have been it. Yeah, w- which would make sense if it's a higher age, then it'd be more. Price. Yeah, it'd be about a hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes would, sense. That um, I can't remember. But I have seen the I have seen it creep up a little bit the the main ocean it might well. be the presidential one, yeah, yeah. There's I know there's one and there's I I know what you're saying there's a yeah. but this isn't bad at all I no. I wouldn't would not if if uh, Christmas gift or as a, a boss gift I think this one would be a pretty a pretty nice one better than just like giving a maker's mark or yeah what's your go to gift bottle the what I gave y'all for yeah. Christmas oh that's yeah the you know that a if you like Eagle Rare, you're gonna like Smoke Wagon. You're gonna find Smoke Wagon a little bit easier. Yeah, uh, I just I love this stuff. It's good. Yeah, uh, but specifically that one, the small batch which I think we have is kind of I feel like a little bit more high rye, uh-huh. and even the the uncut unfiltered have been pretty rough. Right, uh, and and they you know there's different batches that come out. I want to say like once a quarter, there's going to be a new batch, so they they all going to kind of differ a little um, from them. And I've had some really good batches, and I've had some batches that just went, man, they're just hot. I think Angel's Envy is my go-to bottle, like for a gift. Okay, you know, it's a good price well, point. But you feel like it's a nice M- gift. It's, it's both MGP sauce in those bottles. Oh yeah, yeah, which but is awesome. And what Angel's Envy is just finishing the port barrels, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And but I feel like yeah. most people, like, if they're just trying to get into bourbon, that's like, I've never met somebody who doesn't at least appreciate. This one would be fine. Yeah. For, ni- for 90 proof, this yeah. one would be fine. I, I totally And agree. it's a nice sipper. And if you, I think this is a good knockoff to Blanton's. Oh, yeah. I, um, you know, it's funny. I've been getting into wine recently. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I feel like I just, I had a really good bottle over the holidays. Okay. And I've just been, like, eating up, man. Is that we're going to do now? We're gonna get, we're gonna Dude, I have to think about it. I'm like at a certain point maybe we just try like you know, maybe like the five most popular styles of wine to kinda like see the difference. I've got the glasses. Right? I've got the glasses. Dude, we could do it, it could be fun. You know? But yeah, so I'm I've been doing that. It's been fun. Uh okay, so next on our list is uh you've been cooking a little bit on Yeah, so I got 
I got the Pit Boss 1150, 1100, whatever. Uh, I threw on for New Year's, uh-huh. uh, New Year's Eve, the day before. Uh, that evening, I put it all together um, and put a brisket on about 11 o'clock. Uh, so we, we put it together, and then yeah. I had to do the burn off. I remember you were telling us about this. Yeah, we had to do the burn off. We had to do all of that. Uh, I did it on Post Oak. Okay. And I it was about a 10-pound brisket. Now, I will say the brisket that I pulled was probably not a good cut. Why? When I took it out of the out of the bag, it just wasn't trimmed very good, and it uh, was like it was like kind of a instead of like an aerodynamic piece, it was kind of like this peak, you know, where the jackal would have been. It's just like this. Yeah, peak up. the back part was a little. And I thick. trimmed off fat, and I actually rendered uh, in a separate little tin, um, you know, the tallow. Yeah. Um, to. I was debating about using it in you know towards the end. And I used it as a butter or something. Yeah, I just used butter instead of uh instead of the tallow, but I just wanted to do it. So yeah. I got a jar of tallow right now, which is pretty cool. Um but I started it on. Uh I washed it for about three hours before I was like, Okay, it's running smooth. I got pellets in there. I'm I'm going to bed. Yeah. And I woke up about seven hours later. Uh huh. Still going? Still going. Still have pellets? Had pellets, uh-huh. but I made the mistake of not necessarily feel. I looked at the line. I'm like, ah, oh, it's, it's got some. Uh-huh. And I, it was like, I don't know, maybe it was early morning. Yeah. And I went back and laid down for another, like, hour and a half. Oh, so you should have put more pellets in there. Should have put more pellets because when, when I went back out, I had run out of pellets. And it's at oh. a – it's at a, and I don't think I was out very long enough that – well, enough. So the, the you went out, you were losing heat. Was losing now. Were you, how did you learn? Were you getting updates on your phone? Like hey, no, I didn't. I didn't do the the ad or anything. I just happened to walk outside and check. Yeah. So unplugged it. Uh, Is that what you're supposed to do? Like, and you have to start yeah, the whole thing over. Yeah, again. because I didn't have any in the auger. Oh yeah. yeah. So so yeah, I, you have to do the whole priming <laughs> and everything. Yeah. So I filled it up. Uh huh. Luckily, mine has a thing underneath where you can kind of like uh, you can pre-charge it. Yeah, you can take that down. Like you, it, it's underneath the barrel, and there's like this little locking mechanism, and or latch, and you unlatch it, and you pull it down, and now you have the you know little circular thing where the where heating the element. Heating element. Yeah, so you can drop a couple in there. To Dropped a couple it. in there, and then hit the primer until I heard some stuff come in. Then and nice. we were back going, but it's still wasting an hour. Yeah, and um, you know, got everything back up. But I, like I said, I, the cut was. Was kind of jacked up. The other thing I was doing was putting on ribs at the same time. So oh, I was hoping so that, that throws off everything too. I was hoping that I would pull the brisket off, throw it in the yeti, yeti, yeah, and leave it for a couple hours, and during that time cook the ribs. Well, I'm glad I bu- for hundred dollars more you get the bigger version, which is well worth it. So instead of six ninety nine, I think it's like seven. I mean, yeah. five ninety nine, six ninety nine. It is worth the hundred dollars. Because I was able to throw everything in there. Yeah. I had room for the brisket. I had room for um, the, uh, uh, the three ribs. racks of ribs and and went and did all of that. Yeah. Um, ribs came out good. Like I said, the brisket had good flavor to it. I will say I feel like it didn't have the smoke that I was getting off of the snake method on the Weber. Uh-huh. But they do sell a round cylinder to put extra pellets in that cylinder, you light one side, uh-huh. and you just put it in like a little smoker. Really? Yeah, to add. Do you think you – did you wrap your brisket? 
Uh, yeah, I wrapped it at. Um, do you think? Oh, um, do you think losing that hour of smoke and heat? Do you think no. that threw off? No, because a lot of stuff I've read that you you're gonna get the majority of your smoke the first couple of hours of the cook. right because at a certain point it, it gets so saturated that you don't get much more. Yeah, you wrap it to stop it, but you're wrapping it for to, a couple of different reasons. Yeah, you, yeah, you're, yeah, you're wrapping it for a couple of different reasons, but your smoke that smoke flavor is gonna penetrate in like the first four hours, yeah. I guess. And you don't think you got enough smoke, really? Yeah, I Krista Krista brought that up and uh-huh. said I don't you know I don't think you got enough smoke. So I'm gonna buy. Pit Boss does sell this this you know cylinder that you can put additional pellets and you just light one in and it just smokes. Yeah, just added smoke and constant smoke uh, as it as it goes. Uh, ribs came out fantastic. Like I said, the, it, it was just a crappy cut. It's hard to sometimes pick out briskets at HEB. Did you do the three two one method? Uh, yeah, but I did more like two two one. Um, and I think the next time I'm going to do it on the pellet. When I wrap, I'm gonna put a little bit more, like maybe, um, maybe like chicken stock or or something in there, just to to keep it a little bit more moist. I did have a a, a wet pan in there, but um, I don't know. Sometimes I don't like them as pulling off. And then again, you get a bad cut of ribs, you know that that's a thing too. Sometimes the ribs are real thick, and there's a lot of fat, and there's a lot of stuff on there. Or sometimes they're not as much fat, and so you're just kind of watching how it pulls off the bone. Ribs are still good. Yeah. Um, fan of that. Like I said, the smoking element was it, but worked great, did good. That's just a learning curve. I talked to that's Andrew about no, it. Nobody and makes said, yeah. a, a perfect brisket the first time yeah. they make a brisket. Well, you know? that's the problem. The first one I did make on the Weber. Uh-huh. Uh, so during COVID, I went to go get meat. They didn't, HCB was all out of meat with the exception of three briskets. Uh-huh. And I bought one because I figured, look, at least I'll have this in the fridge. If things yeah. get bad, we can cut it up and do a roast, do whatever, whatever, whatever. Throw it in the oven, too. Yeah. So after a year, I was like, well, hey, I got I got this brisket. How the hell am I going to cook it? And yeah. I found an article through Texas Monthly that literally said how to cook a brisket on a Weber snake method. Yeah. And we did it, and it was fine. Great. Like that one, beginner's luck, I don't know, but that one's been hard to replicate. Really? It That's just funny. was – I was – dude, it was just crazy good. It was amazing, and – that's been the hard one to do it. Um, but, yeah, it, it was a cool thing. I did do chickens uh, last week, late last week, and those came out really good. Old chickens? Uh, yeah, spatchcocked uh, at HEB. They had them for, like, 7 bucks. I bought, yeah. like, two of them. I did a uh, – for New Year's Day, I did a uh, beer can chicken. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so freaking good. Man. Yeah. Like, it was just, like – it was so great. And I also did baked potatoes, and I, I – on, on your brushed, grill. Yeah. So I brushed – uh, so you get the big – H-E-B has these two packs of, like, extra, extra yeah, large. Yeah, yeah, like the right. massive ones. Okay, so you poke holes real uh-huh. quick. Just stab them with a, couple yep. f- with a fork. Uh, you baste uh, olive oil on it and put, put salt and pepper on it mm-hmm. and then just throw it on for right two hours or whatever. Yeah. Dude, that was amazing. Ooh, I bet that's good. I want to uh, try, like, do, like, a – Smoked twice baked potato. Yeah. Or twice baked potato. You know? I, I think just as a baked, but it reminded me a lot of like the baked potato you get from like Jason's. You know, it's like it's yeah, a big size. Huge. And it, it was nice and, and soft on the inside. You get inside. a little uh, smoke flavor? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. But I think overall, like with that, it was amazing how much you could tell the difference on, um, you know, putting olive oil all around it and salt and pepper on top on the oh, skin. Oh, yeah, yeah, everywhere. How it just like, Absorbed in that taste, yeah. and 
Oh yeah, I like I'm making baked potatoes like that. Moving on, so good. Yeah, that sounds. So, good. And you can put like you know, s- stack like ten of them. Yeah, in there, you know, that and sounds good. Make them for for school lunch. Right. I go. know we're gonna do more of those beer can chickens because they were so good and they're pretty easy. You yeah. know, I mean, like it was kind of like set it and forget it for about I think I think the cook was like an hour, a little over an hour. Okay. You know, and it was great. It's funny though. I had an old Shiner blonde, mm-hmm. and so, but. I had bottles of Yingling that are new. Okay. And so the Shiner Blonde had been, like, I'm not a big fan of Shiner Blonde. So it had been sitting in my fridge for, like, two years. And so I, <laughs> I opened it up. I poured it out. And then I <laughs> opened a Yingling and put it in the Shiner bo- uh, yeah. can. And so. Do you think that using a certain type of beer would get taste other than just, you know, the whole point of the standing on there is for the moisture? The moisture, yeah. Keep it. Yeah. Uh, I, I looked into it. Like I said, I haven't made a lot of these. Um, but they said a lager. Is the best. Okay. I don't know why. You know, they're just like lager's the best, and I was like, lighter, well, I maybe yeah. lighter. And I was like, I got a lager, and there's like a m- certain maltiness. It's not a ton, right? Yeah. It's just not gonna be overpowering, um, but there is a little bit, especially more than like a light blonde ale. Okay. You know, um, so I had one, I used it, and I would not change a thing the yeah. next time I make it. Uh, it was so good. And I, I man, I was, I'm, I'm wishing, I'm wishing. Uh, the Super Bowl was closer because I really want to do wings. Wings are good. Yeah, uh, Landon came over one time for a Super Bowl, and uh, I made some wings on the Traeger. Yeah. They're good. You just the blaze the hell out of them, make sure they get a crispy skin. You know. Yeah, from what I saw, you know, patting them dry and then spraying with duck fat. Um, really was was a okay. key, or even um, dredging them in a little bit of like uh, what is that called? Crisco. Um, no, <laughs> uh, <laughs> dredging them in a little bit of cornstarch. I can see, yeah, because cornstarch yeah. uh, takes away a lot of moisture, kind of thickens things up, and I can see how it can make it a little crispy. Yeah, but the duck fat, I've seen a lot of videos where people are spraying a little bit of duck fat. Oh, duck yeah. Fat thing. Uh, who is it that has duck fat wings? It's, um, uh, oh, man, is it Hot Joy? Okay, so those, they're peanut, peanut wings uh-huh. are delicious. Yeah. Those are good. They have, oh, man. I think they have a duck fat fried wing. Probably. And then they toss it in, like, this fish sauce. Oh man, it is like. Is that, was that the peanut one or is that the other? I don't think it was peanut. Okay, is it that cilantro it, and peanuts when it came out to you? It is like a brown sauce, like real dark brown. Yeah, that's okay, that. maybe that yeah. is that one then. Oh, yeah. those are dude, so good. That right? and then you get hammered on uh, zombies. Yeah, yeah dude, over. that's a fun place to go. Any place that you go, it says you have a limit of two. Right, you're yeah. like, yeah, I gotta buy one of those. All right, so uh, moving on, Kendall and I, right before the new year, ended up going camping. And so we tried out the camper for the first time. Really? I for, Kindle. Okay, for Kindle. Okay, for Kindle. I've been in it several times. Okay. I've been in it. Yeah, you've been in it before Kindle was. I shared it with you before <laughs> you shared it with your wife. Exactly. Oh. Hey, man. Kind of make sure it was, uh, you yeah. know, it had the right weight limit. <laughs> and so, uh, no, Kindle, I took it out. And, man, it totally changed the game for her camping. Okay. Like, it's just a simple pop-up. There's no water. There is an AC. There is um, power and electricity. But the most important thing is there's a fat mattress that's raised off the ground. Okay. And so uh, we went out there, and we Kendall helped it set it up, and she loved it. She was like, oh, this is so much better than having a tent. Like, we were out there two nights, and normally, like, one night in a tent is kind of her limit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she was like, I could go for another day or so, yeah. you know. Good. And um, we, we fly fished. We stayed at a great camping place that had, like, some access right on the quad. And so we did some trout fishing. Uh, first day, we went out. Um, there weren't many people out. 
You know, granted, this was middle of the week. You know, fortunately, I had the the holidays off, and uh, let's see, Kindle hooked into one, or uh, caught one, and I probably caught three or four. Hooked into five more, you know, and um, was that a Wednesday? You guys were driving into Wednesday. We drove up. Okay, we fished Thursday and Friday though. We didn't okay. fish Wednesday. I think that's what it was because we were. I, I took uh, Andrew, uh-huh. uh, grill sergeant, yep. and got him on his first trout uh-huh. that Wednesday, and we were driving by L and L. And huh? I was like, oh, no, he's probably not even in. We were going to drive in there. I might have been. Uh, yeah, I might have been there. We got ah, we got there probably around 2 o'clock. Ah, uh, yeah, we're probably out, I think, if that's we're on true. our way back at 1. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, no, but Kendall loved it. We caught fish both days. Um, Kendall what, got that. What did you catch him on? Uh, a mix of things. Okay. Um, I tried the tried and true egg and mop fly patterns, you know. Okay. And. I did Throwing okay. trash. I, exactly. Throwing trash, man. I did okay, but I think at this point, they're starting to recognize it. So, oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Last time we, we met, you yeah. know, or two week, two uh, episodes ago, we talked about how I tied up a Frenchie, but yeah. it's not really a Frenchie. It's not, right, really, not, <laughs> it's not, it's not really a pheasant tail. It's not really anything. So I told Landon, I'm calling my own thing. It's the, uh, the French fly. Okay. The French Fair fry. Enough. Yeah, or French fry. Yeah. French fry fly. And so... Uh, and what that is is any nymph Zach throws together that he calls a Frenchie is now a French fry. Yeah, which was basically a prince nymph. French fries come in all different types of shapes and varieties and colors. Hey man, you get waffle fries, crinkle fries, uh, <laughs> sweet potato fries. Uh, hey, the important thing is if you try to recreate it, you yeah. can't. And if I try to recreate it, I can't. So it is now a French fry. Nice. Yeah, and uh, so that's what I call. That's what you get. Nice. That's what I caught most of my trout on was the French, French fry. fry. A French fry. Yeah. So that Wednesday, uh-huh. we're out there. Went to the same spot I'd gone Monday uh-huh. and had done really well on, like, Slim Jims and, and Frenchies. And, you know, trying to get Andrew on his first, his first, uh, his first fish. And, dude, I, that first hour and a half, I cycled through tons. Really? Sizes, weights, everything. Like, in a hole that I knew there was fish. Right. And I was like, I... I I don't want to throw a squirmy. Like, it's not, I don't want this to, I'm mm. not throwing a squirmy. So I threw on that candy red egg, and we landed five fish in, like, yeah. the first 20. It was nuts. But it was just one of those, it was just, it was, I don't know, it was a really weird, it was a weird day to see the difference between 72 hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because then you went back out there just a couple of days. Yeah, because Monday was was out there. We're slain, doing stuff, like I said, on, on Frenchies and all Almost this like catching. You, you couldn't do anything wrong. And then I'm using the same stuff Wednesday. And nothing. Nothing. Yeah. We saw that even going from Thursday to Friday, we saw a change in what we could use. And, and but it was uh, getting warmer, too, wasn't it? So when we went out, and granted, like with Kindle, uh, we could fish about two, two and a half hours. Yeah. We're, not, we're not slaying the whole day. You know what I mean? Right. So like for us to catch you know, a dozen fish over two days for fishing probably four hours in total, mm-hmm. you know, like we did pretty well. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean like, because that Monday it was twenty seven in the morning. By Wednesday it was like thirty five in the morning and almost like seventy, almost eighty by the time we got off. So okay, one. so when we fished Thursday, it was the morning, and it got up to sixty three. That was the high we got before we got off the water. And then um, Friday, it was actually cooler. Friday, Friday we had a high of like fifty five, fifty six, uh, but like perfect. Friday was a little over uh, overcast too. Perfect weather. Um, we ate at Gristmill one night. We ate at this place that the Gristmill owns called Mozzie's. Okay. 
It's uh, right like right there on that corner. And um, it was good. I had a meatball sub. So I recommend that meatball sub from Mozzie's. But, yeah, man, uh, Kendall loved the camper. We're going back out for Trout Fest. And um, Kendall was even like, hey, can we, you know, can we use it before Trout Fest? Like, she's just into it. And I'm – it's so much fun. Yeah. Like, we That get should com- make you feel really good. It's like, okay, it's not – Yeah. Not necessarily a waste, but it's not just for me. It's yeah. Like, and, know. like, we got compliments. It's just, like, it's, it's such a neat – it's, like, the perfect camper. Mm-hmm. There's everything you need and nothing that's, like, you don't need, you know. Now, granted – we probably need to make sure we stay at places that have like bathroom facilities okay. because ours doesn't. But uh, I got a bucket, you know. Yeah, yeah. Actually, my dad gave me a bucket with like a little toilet seat on it, and so like I busted it out and I was like, "Kendall, this is our trash can." She's like, "Have we ever used this?" I'm like, "No, I don't think it's ever been used." Just, go, just go, just go in the river. Who was it? Who did we have on? It was a uh, dancing with, uh, dancing with with trout or dancing with bass. Who was uh-huh. it? Uh huh. Griffin. Yeah, Griffin. It was talking about just, just go in the back. Just go, go, in, the, go in the river. You're good. It's you good for it. It's good for yeah. the river. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that happened. What's up? Well, before we talk about uh, the other fishing where we went, yeah. are you done with your camping trip? Yeah. Okay. Because it's fresh on my mind, I've been quiet for a long time. Yeah, I was like, "What are you doing over there?" <laughs> that like, is for a reason because <laughs> we were gonna turn this episode into a sports slash true crime oh, podcast yeah. episode. Will you cue the uh, creepy music for true crime? What, Creature Watch? Yeah, sure, why not? All right. I don't know. I feel like we need a sound bite. <laughs> Honey Hole True Crime. Ooh. We were talking pre-show about the whole Idaho murders situation. Yeah. And I hadn't heard an update. I didn't know that they arrested a guy mm. for the murders. Last I heard is like they basically had no leads and it was going to be a really hard crime to solve. And so I've been here reading articles to uh-huh. see Good what happened informed. and why it's fresh on my mind. Okay, so inform us. I want to. So uh, basically, and we were talking about controversial ideas, but basically here's what happened. After the murder, they basically had no suspects, no leads. They had, like, boyfriends and things like that, but nothing like that was panning out. And then they were very concerned about winter break starting and all the students leaving the area to go home, and they weren't going to have witnesses, people to talk to, and all of that. They did find at the crime scene, uh, let me give a little backstory for people that maybe don't know about this, but uh, four students were murdered in Idaho um, in their home in the middle of the night. Between 1 and 4 a.m. is the timeline that they've narrowed it down to. Uh, they had no suspects. Uh, they had interviewed a lot of people, uh, including boyfriends, ex-boyfriends, uh, people that were on video camera around some of the victims that night. And uh, none of it panned out, and they ended up kind of not using any of those people as a suspect. Uh, the first big clue was uh, footage showing a white car identified to be a Hyundai Elantra driving past a victim's house multiple times early in the morning, the night of the murders. And this is in a quiet neighborhood. So this happening between 1 and 4 in the morning multiple times was unusual. It's a residential neighborhood and uh, doesn't have a lot of vehicle traffic. Um, And reviewing the video, there are only a few cars that enter and exit the area. So having to narrow it down makes that footage pretty valuable. Right. Um, the car was later traced to the suspect. Um, we won't say, I won't say the suspect's name. I'm kind of on board with the, we're not going to glorify the suspects. Yeah, yeah makes uh, sense. People who commit crimes. Uh, 
So the suspect, who was later charged, um, changed the car's registration from Washington to Pennsylvania after the five fact. days after the murders because he wanted to conceal the fact, I guess, that uh, he committed a crime in Pennsylvania and didn't think, I guess, that they'd be running as running plates for Washington. Right. And so he changed the registration after the fact to maybe, like, throw people off. So um, a little interesting tidbit that the suspect and his father were also purposely pulled over during a road trip after the murders so that investigators could look at his hands, um, although they say other reasoning is unclear. But I guess they had a clue on him and were able to pull him over and were kind of looking, maybe looking at the car, looking at him to see if... Well, they said he had, they had him in gloves cleaning his vehicle at the parents' house. Yeah, they had pictures of they it, had right? Pictured, yeah, some, yeah, that, uh, yeah. you know, white wearing gloves to so clean that, the entire So that was key number one was the vehicle. So that's okay. the information on the vehicle. Key number two, DNA evidence. Yes, that's what I want to hear. So the more damning piece of evidence um, from the crime scene was that they found a knife sheath was left at the scene. They were able to pull DNA from the knife sheath. Um, Investigators initially ran DNA through a criminal database. They didn't find anything um, since he had not previously committed a crime. Right. They uh, then ran the DNA through a public genealogy database, which includes data from Ancestry (laughs) and 23andMe. Um, There they found a lead, then double-checked the sheath DNA with the uh, suspect's father's DNA from his family home in Pennsylvania. So basically what they did is they used Ancestry 23 and Me, checked it with the suspect, and then they pulled DNA from the trash of the parents' home and ended up being now, the father's right DNA. Right there, how many people in y'all's family have done that? 23 and Me? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you just need one. It, that's have you guys what done it, it sounds like. I haven't done uh, it. I haven't. I have not either. Because it's like I would, like be I would be interested in doing it though. Yeah, but now, but now, now you can't commit any murders. Cause, yeah, because uh, now you're in the system. I'm not going to do that anyway. Realistically, it's not because of this. It's actually they'll they but, use it for your health advantage. So when people change the laws, eventually you won't get health insurance because of 23andMe. But oh, that's geez. that's different. I know, but that's that's crazy. All the yeah. stuff that we're giving access to, right? Just for the beyond. The, oh, I want to see where I'm from. And now the repercussions ten years, even sooner. Yeah, like could we're not. Be we don't think about what we're people giving. What we're actually giving yeah. our information out to. Let me ask you guys this though. I have a feeling that they, in their terms and conditions, that they say they store the uh, DNA information and profile. Sure. Um, into a database that people help probably have access to. And people probably don't read the terms and conditions. No one reads the terms, no. and, Who conditions reads the terms and conditions. So is it the their fault, the Ancestry.com and 23andMe and all those, is that their fault or is it the people? I think what we'll probably see. Because I think see, what you guys were saying was that it was controversial. I don't really think it's that controversial. No, and, and, and likely it's not. But for people that want to keep the privacy of their information and now – DNA information, I don't doubt that in the coming years we'll see legislation trying to protect consumers' rights um, and and therefore pr- protecting their confidential information, including their DNA information. So, I mean, but yeah, I, I, 
right now it is, but in t- there's nothing that legislates that really. Um, I don't know that I can think of uh, that would. Now, let's just say fr- from this, it doesn't seem like that would have made a difference in this case because they also pulled DNA from the father's home and they can match a DNA profile from the from trash, that, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Which, look, I am a true crime, I'm like a true crime junkie. I watch a lot of true crime documentaries. You guys seem kind of surprised by this. Honestly, this happens all the time. Once you put your trash out on the curb and at the street. It's public. It's public. Yeah. So. Okay, so. and I'm not shocked by that. Criminology. That doesn't shock me. I'm I'm not even shocked by the 23andMe thing. I'm just. It is just like very much like, oh, yeah, I figured that's what they were doing with it. Oh, so they are, they are doing that. So it sounds like without the 23andMe, they would have pulled it from the trash. They would have put Do it from the trash anyway. Yeah. But, but you're giving them, there's a database now, a, a basically a, a free database available. Right. And I, look, I'm, I'm glad it exists. I'm glad this is a way to find the murderer. But moving forward, you know, it's, it, it's again reading those terms and conditions. I mean, I'm looking. Well, how is it different than a fingerprint database? But fingerprint like database. Well, I guess no, we We've all done, we, we, we all, get a driver's license. We you all get her fingerprinted. Yeah. Well, but, D, but I don't know. It's just hey, I f- it's I feel like DNA is a more surefire bet than fingerprints. Yeah, I'm not. Again, I'm not. Especially about when we're talking about crimes, I'm not worried about anybody finding out if I did a crime. Yeah, but moving forward, to, but to like have there insurance is, companies, there's to, a very yeah. real possibility though that in health insurance companies will determine if you are uh, insurable based on your family history, and based on things like that through your DNA. So let me read you the, the – this is the terms and conditions in – this is all I do all day. Oh, yeah, you're a contract um, guy. So uh, this, is, this is the terms of use within Ancestry.com. Uh-huh. Uh, 3.2, use of your content. By submitting your content, you grant Ancestry a non-exclusive, sub-licensable, worldwide, royalty-free license to host, store, index, copy, publish, distribute, provide access to, create uh, derivative works of, and otherwise use your content to provide, promote, or improve the services consistent with your privacy and sharing settings. Uh, you can terminate Ancestry's license by deleting your content, except to the extent you shared your contact with other content with others, and they have used your content. You also agree that Ancestry owns any indexes that include your content and may use them after your content is deleted. So you can delete them, but they'll still Not use it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, but Ancestry.com is just... No, but it brings up... I mean, it does... It does. Look, I'm glad this thing happened, but it does bring up other questions, too. You're right. We don't read these licenses. And that's the one thing with, like, TikTok. TikTok, you're allowing them access to your phone. Your whole phone. Not only your whole phone, but any other devices that you provide access to... Through your phone. Through your phone. Yeah. That your phone's connected to or whatever. Right. That's... I mean, that's just... That's... Crazy. Oh, so I don't have TikTok. Yeah, but then again, you know, I'm not important. Who cares? But right again, right, right. we don't know. I mean, for it to be a, a you know a, a way to determine your approval on insurance and maybe right. even tiers in the future, you know, I can't imagine there wouldn't be pushback until lobbyists get involved and then forget it. For sure. But we're seeing too that like pushback from people don't doesn't really matter. Yeah, but it's done. I feel like at least one person in everyone's family has already oh, done. done it. Yeah, and that's all they need. Oh yeah. Yeah, my yeah. family history's out there, or my DNA is out there. You know, just from I would say dad. from like a crime perspective. Again, having seen as many crime documentaries oh, so cool as I though. have, that's, man, that's 
awesome. Happy it is. Yeah, how it, many? It's cool. They did it this way. How many people are wrong? Have been wrongly convicted of crimes because, like, in an era of having no DNA. A lot. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, but even then, even there's been DNA stuff that has proven, you know, incorrect or mishandled. Right. There's been well, there's been mishandling too. and, but and as that kind of stuff. Technology improves; it's going to be a lot harder. Yeah. 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 For that to, to so, be. I don't know. It's it's definitely an interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. And did you? There's a do- oh, very interesting. I wouldn't say it's a crime, although it kind of is. It's kind of weird. There's a documentary on Netflix. And I don't remember what it's called. But in this town, there were a bunch of people that were getting uh, half-brother, half-sister hits on, like, 23andMe. Hmm. And they're like... Oh, uh, the doctor one. The right? doctor one. Yeah. So this guy who was, like, a fertility doctor mm-hmm. um, was... Uh, Let's just say he giving his, his own sauce. He yeah. was g- giving his own secret oh, yeah. sauce to his patients, and you end up in a town that have like thirty half siblings, and they found this out, and it's crazy. It's very crazy. I, I saw one. I think it was on a radio show or something where mom had baby. Mm-hmm. Baby went in for a procedure or something. They needed to test something, and mom's DNA. Did not match babies. What really? Mom had birth to that kid, and it did. And they could. They were like, "This kid isn't yours." And it turns out that mom had a type of weird DNA split, almost like she should have been like a twin. A twin, and instead, so she's carrying two sets of DNA. Really? That's interesting. That's crazy. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, back to this story. Number two is the DNA evidence, and uh-huh. number three is phone records. Yeah. Uh, investigators were able to retrieve cell phone records from the area. The picture became clear. The records show that the suspect's phone was near his home at 2.40 on the night of the murder. showed him driving south, presumably towards the victim's house. The location data was no longer available, which investigators believe was because he turned off his device to avoid detection. Data was once again recorded at 4.45 a.m. the morning of the murder, seemingly showing uh, the suspect making a roundabout trip back to his house. The murder was reported to have occurred between 4 and 4.25. The records also show that the suspect had been in the area of the crime seen 12 times in the months leading up to the murder. Um, He also appeared to revisit the crime scene hours after the killings, before the victims were found. Yeah. He was arrested at his family home in Pennsylvania, and they have yet to locate the murder weapon or determine a motive. But also, he was like a criminology major, right? Yeah. He was a criminology major, getting uh, working on his PhD in criminology. And didn't one of you guys say that he was doing his research on... Yeah, his uh, paper or something was like... Oh, I forget the name. How sure It wasn't actually maybe how, but like the... It, it was very similar yeah, to it was kind very, of like what he did. Yeah, enough, exactly. Enough to be where it's like, that's weird. Yeah, that's weird. And yeah. then supposedly they have a video of him at the at one of the, um, uh, like, you know, football stadium had a you know, remembrance thing, whatever, for the families and for the community, and they have video of him walking around that, oh, that's that a day, com- right? Yeah. That's a common thing. Uh, yeah. uh, so that created an alibi? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
people always no not to create an alibi, but, but a lot of people go back and they show support. Like I can't tell you how many documentaries I've seen where the suspect is right around the corner at all times mm. around an investigation. Wants to know what's going on, keep tabs on what's going on. Happy kind to of, do interviews. Happy, happy to do yeah. interviews and Oh, it's very interesting. Really? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when I was living in Austin, there was a bad deal about um, a group of people throwing rocks oh, off highway. of the highway. And one actually hit an ambulance and I think killed somebody. Yeah. They found the guy because the guy who was doing it was showing up to all the crime scenes and talking with police on scene, and the police were like, this guy keeps showing up to all of these cases. This is suspicious. So they started looking into it, and they found their guy. Um, So. hmm. Weird. Weird. Craziness, yeah. We love true crime stuff. Yeah. I don't watch as much as I did. No, you just watch a bunch of UFO stuff. Dude, no, I can't. (laughs) Freak out. Uh, Okay, so. The last thing on our docket for this evening is uh, me and you went fishing. Before that. Aww. <laughs> it's not on the list. Me and not Carson right. went fishing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not on the list. All right. Me and on. Carson went fishing. I don't think we've talked about that yet. No, we don't. At the same place me and you went fishing. Yeah. How'd you guys do? So me and Carson did okay. Uh, How, compared to me and you. So didn't catch as many fish. I think maybe like four fish total caught between me and Carson. Oh, okay. But we caught... Only big fish, like lunkers. Gotcha, like the one that I caught, that first one, was like this, like small compared to like the ones you caught. That would have been like the smallest fish that we yeah. caught. Yeah, yeah, have you Have you gone yet to our special locations we've uh, paid money for? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I'm talking we about. Okay. That's, that's where, where I took Carson. Okay. Cool. And that's where we went. The, which one did you go to? The one that starts with a T, or did you go to another one? The one that starts with a T. Okay. One that starts with a T. a T. No, you didn't go to that one, or you went to. No, the that's where I went. That's yeah. where I've been both sides. I haven't gone to the other one because I've heard some rumors and. What numbers did you hit on out there? Oh, the no, we started. At five. We started at five. Okay. And we. Uh, I haven't been to five yet. We were there for a short amount of time, and then we went to one pretty soon. Okay. Yeah, me and Carson fished one through four. Okay. When I went with Zach, I was like, "Let's check out five because I haven't seen it yet." Yeah, I hadn't seen five yet. And then. Five opens up to this huge It was also huge really cold when we got there. Pool, and there were no fish in the runs, and we're like, I don't want to throw, like, this. Streamers. Like, number five just opens up almost into, like, a small lake, and it's like, the yeah. fish could be anywhere. Yeah. Right, I heard it was, like, in the back. Usually they kind of stack in the back. Yeah, yeah, so I was like, uh, let's go back to number one. Okay. So me and, Z- and there were a couple, of, when me and Carson, we had the whole place to ourselves, so we just it's jumped a around. Co- it's a cool place with, like, if you have it like that to yourself, yep. and you're jumping between, it just seems cool to, to jump. Then, so me and Zach uh, went to number, started at number five, went up to number one. It was really slow to start. We met Don up there. You guys cool. remember Don from a recent uh, episode of Honey Hole Hangout. Uh, we ran into Don, and Don was super friendly and, uh, you know, kind of like, where do you guys want to fish? I'll fish somewhere else. Oh, he's else. so excited about it. That's yeah. just fun. Dude, yeah. it was so great. Yeah, yeah I run into him So there. we're like, oh, we'll try number one. He's like, well, sign me into number two. You know, I'll move, whatever. So that was really nice of him to do that and make sure we had a good time. And we probably fished for two hours and didn't catch anything. Yeah. 
Yes, the first two hours. Yeah, because it was still like it was like thirty degrees or thirty five degrees when we first got there. And Don bounced. He's like, "I'm out. I'm going cart fishing." And we <laughs> we hung around and just kind of stuck it out. And then it turned on. And I would say between me and Zach, nine, ten fish. Yeah, hooked caught. into twice as many. And if we would have landed every fish that we hooked into, we probably would have had at least twenty fish. I told yeah. I told y'all. I don't Dude, know. I don't know what was going on. Um, I was missing hook sets, or either they were, they're weird. And I noticed that in watching them when the water was clear, they'll swipe it, or you'll get like three of them. They kind of like they don't know what to do. Yeah, and they're they're. It's almost like they would swipe, but they would be like three inches short of your yeah. lure, or maybe like they suck it in, but they don't fully commit, yeah. or they miss it. I don't know what it is either, but it was. And like the same thing is because you can see them. You know, you'd see them open your mouth, open their mouth, and close it, and so you'd set, and then I'm yeah. like, "Oh, there's like you what? You, we're right there. What are we doing? You know, gotta watch the indicator, man. You can't watch the fish. You see the big, uh, ki- I know. You see the big yeah. uh, goldfish or the, the koi. oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to catch that koi. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, no, it was a really cool spot, and uh, when we first were that first two hours, the fish were like. It's like they snorted a pile of cocaine. Mm-hmm. And they were just moving in a huge group. like yeah. And just like, <laughs> like all over the place. Yeah. And we're like, man, this is like just irregular behavior. And they kind of like settled, settled down. down. And that's when it turned on. And then started acting like the trout that we know and holding in a position. And then that started turning on. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so I got through a lot of flies. I, I did too. I uh, ended up catching a lot of fish on one fly in particular. I'm not going to say it on the podcast the because French fry, French fry. The, yeah, the French fry. No, I'll I'll. And uh, they all fight good too. Like yeah. that's what the fun. They, oh, yeah, do Zach's yeah. first fish jumped eight like, times, like feet out of yeah. the water. Yeah. The lunkers are fun. The lunkers are fun. But I I felt like I had more fun catching the smaller ones yeah. because they were doing acrobats, flipping backflips, all that. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, I took that, like, one-piece fiberglass three-weight. Yeah. It was nice. a blast. So, uh, um, yeah, and I tried a fly that uh, is a little abnormal, I would say, on color-wise. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you remember what yeah, fly? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, dude, it ended up catching me four or five fish, maybe. Yeah, that one So, fly. I'm just saying, like... I'm the guy that fishes stuff that's kind of weird. And I've kind of found a routine when I'm changing flies a lot. Like in a spot like this, we're fishing a smallish area. My fishing strategy, if I'm not catching fish, move. Mm -hmm. My strategy isn't to always change flies. I'm like, fish here aren't feeding. I'm going to find fish that will eat my fly. That's my general strategy. It works reasonably well for me. In this kind of like situation where we're fishing there, we are fishing an area that we are, uh, you know, a beat, basically, a specific area. You can't really hop around. And we didn't want to move from this spot. And so it turned into me, like, changing flies. And my strategy is one traditional known fly that works well. Yeah. If I don't catch anything on that and I want to switch. One abnormal fly, I switch to something that's different, abnormal, maybe not a confidence fly. And that gives me a variety of options, so I'm not just, like, constantly regurgitating the same flies over and over and over again. But then it also gives me the opportunity to, like, learn and try something different. Because I feel like people just, like, hammer the, I am only going to fish my confidence flies and the flies I only catch fish on. And that's a good strategy. Like, if you have confidence, you're going to catch fish. 
But then on the flip side, it's like they don't try anything new. So my thing is, is like, okay, I'm going to fish a fly that I know I've had sex on, have, have had <laughs> success yeah. on. Right. Uh-huh. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, the whiskey's getting to me. <laughs> that I've had success on. And then I'm going to try a fly. And that's how we found the DNA. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to try to find a fly that I've never used before and see if it works. And I've caught fish on tacos, flounder, weird stuff. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. I really want to dry fly that place now. Like, I, I really did commit work. about 45 minutes to dry fly fishing. Nothing. Okay. I think it's got to be the right, Real small. the right conditions. I had stuff jumping when I was out there. Which was cool to see, but I couldn't tell what the hatch was. I didn't see a single fish rise or or come to the surface. And now Don did say that there is a, uh, you can come up to like blanket hatches mm-hmm. on certain days, so you might just get out there and get lucky and see a blanket hatch. Well, the kid and I took this same net, whatever, and all we found was huge helgramites and lots of real small lime green caddis. Really didn't see any baits. Which is funny any. because I've tried the I've like pretty strongly committed to the Pat's rubber leg out there. Yeah. Haven't caught a fish on it. And usually Helgramite areas, Pat's rubber leg is a good option as a Helgramite. Well, a lot of those Helgramites were really light colored. Really light colored. Like a light tan? A light tan. Hmm. I had pictures on them. I thought I'd I'll, I'll show you guys. Maybe. Yeah. But uh but yeah, I had the kid on there, so you know, she got her first trout. She was excited. And um and we, we did the whole thing digging up stuff like, hey, this is what they might be eating. Here's that. Here's that. Only to be throwing red eggs <laughs> <laughs> to catch those fish. So, you know, yep. Spent all this time, like, oh, making the perfect fly. And it's like, just oh, give them a ball of yarn. Speaking of eggs, I did, I did fish some beads. Yeah. We came up with a pretty good, I'm pretty, a pretty good sticker idea. Uh-huh. Are we going to do it or? Probably not. No? No. <laughs> Probably. I no. don't see that one doing no, well. I don't you don't <laughs> think so? I haven't even heard it no. yet. I'm like, no. <laughs> no. It, is, it? it is funny. Don't get me wrong. It is very funny. You, you don't think it? Maybe our yeah. listeners can comment. Okay. okay. I don't know. So I fished. We'll so do I a fished, pre-sale before I yeah. actually yeah, yeah, take yeah, the yeah. attempt. Yeah. So I fished pegged, pegged eggs, basically. Pegged Beads. Oh, Where okay. you peg a bead on a yeah. on yeah, your I've line and then I've drop a hook below it. It's a really good way to catch trout. So they... They grab it, and it's an uh, as they grab it, they pull the hook. You set the hanging. hook. And you set the hook. Outside and it hooks of their mouth. Yeah. And it hooks them in the corner. Yeah. yeah. A lot corner easier outside. to take them off. And yeah. Yeah, a little bit better for the fish. Apparently, I don't know if this is true, but apparently it's a safer way to catch yeah. fish. You always get a corner hook set. Easier to take the hook out. So people that are pro that, that's the argument that they pull forward. I don't know if it's true or not, but it makes sense okay. when you think about it. And, but and it worked. You've got I caught one fish okay. on it. Uh, just on the eggs thing, because I know that the eggs have been working well. Hey, this is Zach's wild card episode. Yeah, Zach's Zach, wild yeah. Card. hey, this was a good one, Zach. I hey, like man, it. wouldn't be a Zach's episode if we did it with some pegging. So <laughs> I'll see you guys next, next week. week. Look in the description below to find links to our website, online store, YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Discord server, and blog. Please send your podcast questions and inquiries to info at honeyholeangling.com. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you again next week.